listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guest of today. Now, we're celebrating World Oceans Day, and I'm really delighted to be joined right now by Gary Stokes, who is the founder of Hong Kong-based NGO Oceans Asia. And we'll be chatting about marine pollution and also whether or not there is such thing as sustainable seafood. Welcome on the program, Gary. It's great to speak to you today. How are you doing? Yeah, Thanks for having me on, Lorraine. It's great to, to see you. Um, I'd love for our listeners to be viewers this afternoon uh, and join us on Facebook. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. Now, now Gary, uh, perhaps let's talk a little bit about you and, and let our audience get to know you a bit better. You're a, a professional photographer and, and also a diving instructor. Um, how and when did your love for the ocean uh, begin? Uh, well, I, I guess uh, I guess I was privileged enough to grow up in the Mediterranean. So I grew up in Malta and Cyprus, so two islands surrounded by the ocean. So I really didn't really have too much uh, say in the matter. Um, and obviously, as a kid, used to go swimming and snorkeling every day. And, and then over time, obviously, grew up into a diver and... Yeah, you know, all the other water sports and activities that you do with it, with the ocean. Yeah, I've actually been to Malta before, and I remember visiting uh, Valletta and Slema. I think that's yes, yeah, Slema. Yeah. Yes, b- back in the day, and uh, university. Now you've also lived in Hong Kong for almost three decades now. Was it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are people's attitudes towards um, plastic pollution? Um, are, are locals sort of, you know, is it a matter that's sort of high on the priority list? And, and I ask that because when you talk about something like housing or um, uh, yeah, housing, for example, everybody has a say about it. What about marine pollution? Are people sort of discussing it? Do, do they Do they care much about it? I, I think it, I think it's on everybody's agenda. I, I, I think it's um, you know when we when we're looking at marine pollution. I mean, it's not necessarily just a Hong Kong thing. I mean, it's 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 everywhere. Yes. Uh, plastic in the oceans is a problem in every single corner of the ocean. I've been to Antarctica twice, and we've seen plastic there. Um, wow. You know, but uh, how did you our, feel when you saw plastic there? Well, yeah, um, not surprised. I think would be the way to put it. Um, disgusted, but not surprised, because it's such a pristine wilderness. Um, but I think, uh, you know, one thing we can definitely um, look at in Hong Kong is our waste consumption of single-use plastics. We're one of the highest in the world. So if we are one of the highest users of single-waste plastic, then there's no surprise it is actually ending up in our oceans. Yeah. Is it just selfishness or is it just, you know, what we're prioritizing convenience? I mean, why is it that we are using so much single use plastic? I, I think, um, well, Hong Kong is, you know, a literally fly by the seat of your pants city. I mean, we are literally on the go at top speed all the time. That's what everybody loves about this, this beautiful city of ours is, is, you know, it's, it's, so so um you know electrifying it's it's you know we're just yes, we're running at top speed yes um we are running at top speed and because of that we are literally eating on the go i mean everything's on the fly here um you know and because of that we're using single use pla- you know packaging and things whereas if you look at like where i grew up in the mediterranean for example you know 
lunch was a two-hour ordeal with a bottle of wine and it was all relaxed and then people would have a siesta yeah. you don't have that in hong kong i mean everything is bam 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 you know it's, so that's that's i think where our you know waste problems you know sort of arise from Absolutely. I think in recent years, there's sort of more focus on, on marine pollution and, and plastic pollution. But I got to say, this issue of overfishing is sort of less discussed. What's your sort of impression? Yeah, well, overfishing has, is, or has been a major problem for a long period of time. It's only really just starting to get some traction in the media. Obviously, we had the movie Seaspiracy come out, um, which has really rocked the boat. Um, I mean, a lot of this was known before, discussed before, but not really in everybody's agenda. And by getting it in Netflix and getting it on in everybody's uh, living rooms, obviously, people are now discussing overfishing and the problems that you know that that has with our our oceans and their ecosystems yeah a great great film great documentary for our listeners who've not managed to catch it it's it's on netflix um some people might say that this is distracting from the plastic waste issue and and i know you think otherwise um what what do you say to people who you know talk about overfishing but not really uh plastic pollution and then find that talking about overfishing is actually distracting from that other cause well, I think um, both are major factors that are affecting our ocean right now. Um, and the fact that the fishing industry actually contributes, is one of the major contributors to marine plastic debris. And we're not just talking about fishing nets, which is what a lot of the people who saw, you know, Seaspiracy thought, oh, it's the fishing nets. It's not. You only have to go down to a beach in Hong Kong and you can see all the fishing floats, polystyrene boxes, boxes, oil drums, everything covering the beach. And if you took all those away, and they are definitely from the fishing industry, you only have to go to Aberdeen Harbour to see it all. Um, So if you took away all the elements that were actually from the fishing industry, our beaches would be a lot cleaner. Um, And we want to see the government start to take action now against, you know, fishing industry so yes people sort of say it might dilute but no it's actually one and the same part of the same problem yeah well good, good point that you mentioned the government should take on the the fishing industry because my, my original question was who can take them on they've almost become too big to fail i mean that there's no sort of proper regulation um it, it's sort of international waters situation who, who can take on the fishing industry it has to be the government and also the consumer. We can vote with our feet, you know, uh, where you pay your, where you put your money. Um, and, uh, you know, at the moment, if it's unsustainable, which, which pretty much, uh, as I would say, all fishing is unsustainable at the moment, um, that's where you should be, uh, you know, avoiding putting your hard-earned dollars. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, there are a few sort of terminologies, and I wanted to, to ask you to, to sort of uh, explain it to our listeners. I've come across things like bycatch and unintended catch. Um, what do these terms mean when it comes to, you know, catching these fish? Yeah, so so bycatch is, is something that is, uh, is, 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 is a complicated subject because it's it's different people have different um you know sort of uh, interpretations for it yeah interpretations because okay if i go out to catch just tuna that's what i'm going out to catch but i catch shark as well that's bycatch now i didn't intend to catch a shark but if i caught one well i might as well keep it and sell it you know 
cut the fins off, use the fins, take the liver for liver oil. So that will go to market anyway. Then you get the discard, which is stuff that gets killed and then just thrown overboard because they don't want it. So that's where when we look at, uh, you know, shrimp, the shrimp fisheries, you know, you're looking at one kilo of shrimp. You're looking at 10 kilos of, of discard by catch, which is just thrown away. Um, and that's the most destructive of all. But at the end of the day, if you're going out to target tuna and you're catching sharks, then you're going to be putting the shark populations, you know, obviously into peril. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Gary. I mean, how is it managed then? I mean, do do fishermen sort of have a quota of things that they want to catch and the things that they do with the bycatch? Do, do they discard it back to the sea? How How is it managed? Um, well, yeah, they do have quotas. Um, they are... <laughs> very loosely followed, uh, even more loosely followed up on and, and uh, actually inspected. Um, but I remember watching, um, there was a program in the UK with one of the chefs over there, Hugh, I can't remember his, his double-barreled surname, but the insanity in, in the EU uh, of, you know, you would go out, you'd have a quota to catch bass, but if you caught another fish, you had to throw it away. You were only allowed to catch bass, and it was just the most wasteful of all. I mean, these fishermen were, uh, in the UK were just shaking their heads, going, well, look, we're catching these perfectly good fish. They could have gone to market, but we're just having to throw them away. So not only are we overfishing, but we're also just, because of these stupid quota systems, we're actually just wasting so much as well. Yeah. Speaking of the EU, I, I was kind of surprised to read and to learn from you from, from a previous interview you did on Trash Talk that uh, the largest exporter of shark fin is Spain. Uh, yep, yep. Yep, Sp each year it's either Spain or Indonesia. They alternate between first and second place. Um, and most people are very surprised to find out that an EU nation um, is the largest exporter of shark fins to China, uh, well, through Hong Kong. And, you know, a lot of those fishing fleets are subsidized by EU taxpayers. So if you pay tax in the EU, you're actually contributing to the shark fin industry. Um, and that's where a lot of people are very surprised. Yeah, I, I was very surprised to hear that. Another surprising thing that I, I learned via you uh, is that um, uh, the, the, the fish that we often see on menus, uh, Chilean sea bass, is in fact not a bass and it's not from Chile. Um, can you explain that to our listeners? Yeah, quite often in the in the uh, seafood industry, they'll take a name of a fish and change it to something a bit more attractive. So you've got Patagonian toothfish or the Antarctic toothfish. And it doesn't sound very appealing uh, to be sort of chomping into. Um, so they rebranded it and called it Chilean sea bass. And as you say, it's not from Chile and it's not a bass. Uh, but it sounds more appealing to the diner in a high-end restaurant. So if you're having lunch right now and you're having Chilean sea bass, the chances are it's uh, it's one it's of the critically fish. endangered species. Yeah, the toothfish. Well, interesting you mentioned critically uh, endangered because I've seen so many sort of sustainable seafood guides and it's listed as okay. I mean, sustainable seafood, I was on goodfish.org.au, which is a sort of a, a, an online sustainability guide for seafood consumers in Australia. Um, they, they sort of list it's okay to eat and they give you some key facts. And I'm referring to the Patagonian toothfish aka the Chilean sea bass they give you key facts about it they give you some information and then they also give you some recipes 
So it's it's very conflicting that as a consumer, you've got on, on the one hand that we hear it's critically endangered. Then we see the sustainable seafood guide saying it's okay. It's a sustainable fish to, 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 to have. Uh, what's your yeah, reaction? Well, this is where these uh, these sustainability guides are complete bogus scams, really. Um, you know, you've got the MSC, you've got Friends MSC, of the Sea, yes. um, and you know, the idea is great. I mean, that's what that's what we all need something that's foolproof that you could walk into the supermarket and knowingly buy what you're you know you believe is sustainable. But the fact of the matter is that they're certifying bluefin tuna, southern bluefin tuna from Australia which is critically endangered on the IUCN red list. So all you need to do is type in IUCN red list, southern bluefin tuna, and there it is, critically endangered. Now, if you go to Friends of the Sea, it's sustainable. Yeah. Um, you know, and the same with the Chilean sea bass. Uh, they're sustainable fisheries uh, out of Australia. And all of these are just getting these certifications, and it's just ridiculous when we're looking at populations that are with the southern bluefin tuna as low as 9% of their original you know, numbers. So who's in on this? Are the scientists sort of complicit? Are they in with the fishing industry? Um, surely they're independent. No, the scientists are... Um, uh, are involved. I mean, obviously, the scientists are paid for by either the government or the fishing industry, um, but also the governments are involved because when you're looking at trade deals, like for the southern bluefin tuna from Australia, most of that is actually going to Japan. So that's a, a trade deal they have with Japan. They have to meet the quota. Um, I believe they were actually just looking to increase the quota of southern bluefin tuna this year. Increase um, it. Which is, which is insane. It's insanity. And that's that's the problem we're getting to is, you know, it's it's dollar over, uh, you know, ecology, really. Well, it, it sounds to me that then where can the consumers get their information from? Because it sounds to me that if a consumer is going to a Japanese restaurant and seeing that this bluefin tuna is certified by, say, the MSE or certified by various sustainability seafood guides, but you've got... Um, people like yourself saying, actually, they are critically endangered. Where should consumers be getting their information from to make their choices? Personally, I, I, I think probably the most uh, sound would be the IUCN, the International Union of Conservation for Nature. They're the scientists, they're a science-backed body, and they're the ones who decide what goes on the red list, what gets endangered status, critically endangered, vulnerable, you know. So they're the ones that, and those are what governments actually define their laws by. That's what CITES goes by as well. So IUCN is probably the best one to check on. Yeah, Gr great advice. Thank you so much, Gary, for, for joining us this afternoon. We learned so much. And finally, what action can we take as consumers, as people who want to protect our planet? I, I, I love that um, that this comparison you gave us last time on Trash Talk, and that is if we are diving and somebody was shutting off our oxygen valve, you know, we'd be kicking and screaming. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's, that's the thing with the biodiversity decreasing in our oceans. Uh, the oceans provide, you know, at least 50% of our oxygen and the trees provide the other 50%. We're cutting down the trees and we're taking away the biodiversity of life in the oceans. So we are inadvertently like a diver on a dive and we're turning their gas supply off.
And, you know, <laughs> if anybody was doing that to me, I'd probably turn around and stab yeah. them. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's insanity. And that's where we've got to. That's where we need to really be looking at where, are, you know, this is life on Earth. This is what we're... Uh, you know fighting for at the moment it's uh it's actually we're not saving the planet the planet will be fine what we're actually selfishly doing is trying to save the ability for us to have life on this planet mm. yes so. very 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 poignant words indeed well gary thank you so much for celebrating world oceans day uh, with us i hope our listeners will get an opportunity to really have a chance to enjoy the ocean today or sometime uh, this weekend the weather looks beautiful from what i can see on, on the on the facebook live yep. <laughs> Gary Stokes, thank you so much for joining us. And Gary is the founder of Hong Kong-based NGO Oceans Asia. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thanks, Mary.